Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we dive deep into the Word and consider our habits and commonalities that keep us from holding a higher standard and living a life that reflects the life of Jesus. Good morning, good evening, good <laughs> afternoon. Uh, sal- salutations, is that a hello or is that a goodbye? Salutations. Uh, I don't even know. Mm, I want to say that's a goodbye. I is could that be a goodbye? Wrong. Okay. People, well, people will come at me regardless, but yeah. Uh, goodbye <laughs> if you just left after hearing the intro. <laughs> um, but welcome to Higher Standard Podcast, a place where we get to dive deep into God's word. We get to have conversations about growing closer to Christ. And we get to talk about different rhythms, habits, um, shortcomings even. And uh, that should always lead to us glorifying the Father and saying, you know what, if it's uh, if it's a shortcoming, hopefully we're looking at that and saying, hey, um, this is something that we should not be doing anymore. And mm-hmm. talk about some, some practical steps and some ways that we can allow the Lord in on those processes. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that we're doing good, let's celebrate that and uh, keep it implemented into our lives so that we can continue a strong walk with Christ. And uh, we're going to continue our love series today. And I got Sheen and Jordan with me here. What's good? Uh, Jordan gave two, um, two peace signs, which if you know anything about the University of Southern California, fight on. That would be their universal sign. Every I don't know. Most universities just have that weird hand signal. That's like how did you, how did you know that? Was, well, because Lincoln Riley left the University of Oklahoma for USC, and so I see it all the time on Twitter. Ah. Uh, Twitter is a dangerous place. Don't go. Don't if you don't have a Twitter, you don't need one. Don't go. You know what? What's funny is that Miguel, you say that all the time, bro, and yet you you are I'm the first one there. to be on it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like literally. It will go through months, and then, the man, the man, and then, the baby. well, they can't, they can't hear you, Jordan. You said what? <laughs> one, one second. Uh, we we got some uh, some audio stuff going on here, uh, but Jordan, go ahead and say what what I what I sent you. Yeah, today I'm at work, and I'm you know I'm I'm trying to just stay occupied. You know, we're 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 chatting it up, whatever. Well, it goes silent. And all of a sudden I get this Twitter thing because Miguel always sends things from Twitter in the group text. Facts. And all I see is the baby just go ham on this guy in a bowling alley. I'm like, what is this? Now, Facts. hold on. He had help. Let's he did. Because it wasn't just him. Exactly. He was not doing all the work. I just want to throw that out there. He he, he might have gotten one. uh now, first of all, we're not glorifying this kind of behavior. We're not, we're not condoning it or telling anyone to do this. But it was a pretty wild video of, of basically him and a little squad jumping a guy at a bowling alley. And uh, a lot of responses saying that his attorney probably has the hardest job right now. And I would hate to be him. And you know what? I, they're right. They're right. It would, it would be hard to, uh, to be his, his lawyer, his attorney, and have to defend him on stuff like that so you know what y'all don't get in trouble guys stay off twitter this is why it's important going off of what we said last week to have brothers of accountability amen and but you look like an you. idiot fighting on tell you fighting on bowling alleys you know how stupid that is you're on literally the bowling yeah. alley that you're Jordan. on is designed Jordan. for you to slip 
<laughs> At least if you're going to fight, fight somewhere smarter. <laughs> it, it, it did you get enough sleep before the podcast? What did you say? I said, Jordan, did you get enough sleep before the podcast? You, <laughs> you, you seem a little agitated, bro. I just want to make stupid. sure. Stupid. If you're going to pick a fight, why would you go in the bowling alley? <laughs> like, just let that sink in, bro. I'm going to try to whoop a guy. Number one, why are you trying to fight in a bowling alley? Like, you got all this money. You're supposed to be the baby, the rapper, whatever. So you're going to take it to the bowling alley with a bunch of guys with a bunch of help just slipping and sliding on the bowling alley where you could literally bust all of y'all's faces open, but then you, like, run out. It's, it's just cowardly. It's embarrassing. It's it was hilarious to see everyone just slipping, slipping and sliding around trying to fight on a bowl. Because to, to Jordan's point, so they were fighting on the bowling lane. Uh, where the ball is supposed to be. And, of course, everyone who's ever bowled before knows that there's a line that you do not cross because it's very slippery. And if you go out there, like Jordan said, you're going to bust your head or something else. You're going to bust something, and and it's not. It'll be all bad from there. So don't ever get in a fight in the bowling lane. Fight outside of the line. Or just don't fight at all. Because, <laughs> again, this is higher standard podcast. USC, fight on. Right. <laughs> we, we have a special guest today. today. We oh. have a, oh, okay. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, she. You just. You, no, you no, no, no. It's, you it's you. Know. Um. I, well, I'm gonna mute my mic, so you you better figure it out because you're gonna introduce him. Oh Lord. Um. But yeah. Uh. So we have a special guest. This guy. He's a um great guy. He's a jokester. He's got a lot uh, going on. I think he got mop on his head right now, but uh. And he's just not saying anything. He's just over there, bro. Are you on, are you even on right now? Oh yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm waiting for my public entrance. Oh, okay, I think you're paused on my you're you're paused on my computer. I think that's why. No, but anyway, on ours too. He's he's frozen. Ah, got you. <laughs> oh man. Okay, now you're good. Now you're good. Stop, bro, this whole stop. time I thought you were just stone faced, just like nah, no, no emotion. No, 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 no I emotion. Was, I was having reactions. I've been laughing and <laughs> I've been laughing really at the stuff that y'all oh, been saying. Oh, I haven't man. seen that video, nor heard of it, but I wasn't gonna speak until spoken to. Right, right. No, no, no. But anyway, everybody um that's that can't see him right now. Um, everybody that's listening to the podcast, this is Carl Valcourt, a great friend of mine. We go way back or you days. Um, still to this day, so I'm glad to have him on the podcast, bro. Can you uh, introduce yourself? Who are, who are you? I am done, bro. They're laughing hard. Facts. They laughing real hard. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, my name is Carl Valcourt. Uh, I'm a brother. I'm Haitian. Uh, <laughs> I met all these dudes. We all went to ORU together, which is cool. And so, yeah, I'm just do this. I do graphic design, and I work in uh, management and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Glad to be black. I mean, back. Always. Always got to <laughs> add that in there. Is it February? Yep. Black History oh, Month, wow. brother. Look at that. A fist. Yes, yes, <laughs> I throw that up there. Yep. But yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no. We're, uh, again, we're glad to have you on the podcast, man. Um, so for everybody that knows this podcast is uh we're doing a love series right now so this is why we brought uh our brother carl on here what's what's good oh, I, have what's a, I have a question is it a relationship series um jordan is it a re- relationship series uh yeah jordan is it a relationship series 
you know, when it comes down to it, and you really just like put the equations together and then divide it and then multiply it, it's not. It's more about relationships with your brothers. I think our viewers just lost 10 brain cells after listening to that foolishness. We're going to lose so many. I'm kidding. No, we're gonna we're gonna gain more. Right, thrive, increase, in, in, increase only. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carl, we're not gonna ask you any relationship questions because it is right. not a relationship series. Even though we might mm-hmm. have a couple on um, in a couple weeks, um, but I think Sheen was uh, had a question earlier when we were talking before we got started that I think would be good for us to open with. Um, and just hear from you about this because the way that love is expressed is a pretty big deal. I think in our society mm-hmm. and um, especially for us as believers, when we talk about love all the time and especially for people that are our age, I think that's why we're putting so much emphasis on this is not a relationship series. Well, it is relational, but it's not romantic relationship that we're going to be talking about. Right. So, um, Sheen, if you, if you don't mind asking that question, because I think it'd just be a really good way for us to start um, and for our listeners to really get an idea of, of where we're going with this, because the way you love people is a really, really big deal, especially in the year 2022. It always has been. Right. Um, and we shouldn't lose sight of that. Right. And I mean, to piggyback off of that, I mean, this might kind of sound, uh, I guess, a little bit morbid, but it's just reality is the truth but um i mean like you said the way that we we love uh and the way that we portray that love is so important i mean recently i well i was just on the phone with my mom uh the other day and she was telling me about some of the kids in her school and uh you know the suicide rate right now is crazy like it it keeps increasing it's been increasing year after year and you know, we have these moments where we talk about love and, you know, loving our neighbor, loving our friends, loving the people around us and stuff like that, being more aware of the signs of, you know, somebody that might be a little bit suicidal. But, you know, um, it's something that we can constantly grow in, uh, something that we should be doing. I mean, it should be a part of our lives. We should learn how to first love ourselves. And then, you know, and through that, we should be able to know how to be, be able to love others very well. But first and foremost, it starts with Christ. Um, you know, I mean, because he he's the one that ultimately he loves us and he's the one that showed us the ultimate uh, version of what love is. You know, what I mean, so uh, anyway, with that being said, Carl, my question to you is, bro, like, you know, for yourself, um, how do you how do you view God's love and how have you um partake in that portion of like what what love is to you from god like what does that look like um what was the first part again i heard it but then the second part was like i, I know that's a different answer what was that first part you said how do that's i view how, yeah, do I how you view god? yeah how you view god's love um you know through my life and um i don't know i've been through i know everybody has like a testimony but i think for me seeing god's love it's very hard to like put a it's very hard to like view God's love when you when you're looking at the world. And so it really takes it really takes a, it really basically you have to have a step back mm-hmm. and look at where, where you've been and see God's work through the 
like other parts of your life and see like how he's been there. So me, I see consistency in God. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So mm-hmm. when I look throughout my life, I'm able to see the times that whether I was living for God or not living for God throughout my life, being a lukewarm Christian or before I really came to Christ, seeing how God is always evident. Like I've noticed it uh, more so even when I've dealt with, you know, pornography, masturbation, mm-hmm. which I no longer struggle with. But when I did, it was like, yeah, God is there, but I had moments when I dealt with it when I was a baby Christian that I didn't think God was there, but then I got to see that, oh, he's really, he's really here. Right. Then it makes you, makes you recognize, you know, your sin and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not condemning, it's conviction. And so right. it comes with correction and it comes with you stopping and healing. So, yeah, I've been able to see his faithfulness and just how he's always present in everything that we do in our lives. Oh, that's good. That's good. And so how have you you know, taking a, a grasp of that, like, you know, how do we receive God's love? Or how did Thank you God. receive it for yourself? Man, that's a good question. I think for me, uh, it really came by, by journaling, by journaling and reading the word. Uh, you get to really see like everything that he does. I, I heard, I was watching a movie and in the movie they said God's miracles. God does miracles every day. His, his miracles is using people. So using people in your life. In your life. So seeing how God uses like people to check up on you, call you, that's that's how I've received it. I've seen that God is faithful and it just, you know, it's it's not something big like, you know, finances getting covered or something like that. It's just seeing God's faithfulness in little things, people hitting you up, people uh, going out of their way to do stuff for you. So I've received it through people, you know, mm. because God works through people. So I want to <clears throat> I want to ask about something and I'll, honestly I'll open this up for anybody to to speak to because it, it's it's a topic that's heavily opinionated and this is a, a form of love and, and Sheen you mentioned this earlier but self love because I do believe that there's a very sound version of that and there's also a very perverted version that's pretty popular um amongst all age groups like let's not i know we we call out our generation so much i'm everyone here is in their 20s um so for our listeners who are above 30 or whatever and are always wondering i wonder if they're talking about my generation well no you know it's okay your generation is safe um on this (laughs) podcast um but no uh in all seriousness though the the topic of self-love is something that i know is very popular a lot of people have different opinions on it, uh, the, a healthy version and a version that's only going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. So for anyone here that just wants to speak to that, too, and of course, you know, I have I have an opinion, but I don't want to speak out of an opinionated heart. You know, I, I want this to be a time where we can um, be in agreement as to an appropriate and healthy version of that that's not going to hinder your relationship with Christ, but even more so grow it. So if anyone has uh, something that they'd like to say about that, you know, I I'd definitely love for our listeners to get a hold of that because it is, I think it's a topic that is, it can be helpful and it can be hurtful and it can be very confusing for people. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll open up the floor for that one. Carl, do you want to start out? Oh, I was going to say that's a very big, that's a very big topic. Uh <clears throat> And I was gonna say, uh, I I want to hear I want to hear your point, Miguel. I, you said it's very uh, did you say opinionated? Yeah, opinionated. I want to hear it though. 
before I say anything, I also want to hear everybody else's Jordan and Sheen. Because uh, yeah, okay. I have I'll, I'll, I'll let Jordan go first because he actually has something. Because because like I said, my it, I don't want to share out of an opinionated heart. So okay, my own opinion on that mm-hmm. you know, is that's more so of like that's of the flesh. But I don't want to speak from the flesh. I want to you know speak from from the heart of the Lord and and, and share that the appropriate uh, form of of speaking to self love. So I'll let Jordan go first, real quick. Um, one second, sorry. Yeah, I think. <laughs> it's just interesting that you brought up self-love and, and you wanted to bring this topic up. Mm-hmm. This was something I struggled with for years. Uh, even still to this day, I have to make mm-hmm. sure I don't fall back into what was and continue into what is praise God for his grace and mercy and love. Amen. When it comes to self-love, I believe this generation specifically Gen Z has really misinterpreted what it means to prioritize themselves prioritizing yourself doesn't necessarily mean being selfish Mm -hmm. and self-love in itself and how it's defined today in our generation has nothing to do with people or God has everything to do with just the self. The thing is, since we all are Christians in doing this podcast together and with Carl too, you know, he's a, he's a, He's a brother in Christ. When you look at the Bible, and I know this is like tough to understand for some people, when you look at the Bible and when you read scripture from the beginning to the end, there's nothing in the Bible that revolves around just one self other than your relationship with God and then your relationship with others. Self-love does not... It's not exclusive. Um, it's not. It was love was never destined just to be for you. So self-love, whenever you say, well, self-love, the first commandment that God gave us in the New Testament, and it's it's after the new covenant, Jesus himself, through his blood, washes and made us whole. He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul and your mind. And then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can't love yourself if you don't know, number one, the love of God, Mm -hmm. which has been so gifted to us, which is exactly what Carl was just saying earlier. And then number two, you definitely cannot love yourself if you don't know how to, number one, be loved, and then love others Mm -hmm. as you would love yourself. There's a process here. And so a lot of people, I believe, especially in the world who don't know Christ as we do and who are trying to figure life out, trying to figure themselves out. It's this mindset of just complete selfishness. And it's sad because they really feel that, well, if I just take, you know, a day to myself, just to work on myself. The thing is, I used to think that way. If I could just work on myself, even as a Christian, if I could just, uh, if I read for 30 minutes and then pray for 30 minutes and then that will satisfy me. Or if I just watch this movie for two hours, if I just play this video game for three hours, then I'll feel better. It's it's self-time. It's self-love time. 
The thing is, all you do is fill yourself up with empty promises that lead to more empty promises. And the entire time while you're looking for self-love, quote unquote, you're not looking for self-love or you're because you can't you're looking for a love. But self-love does not exist because we were never destined to love ourselves in terms of the context of what the world wants to portray it as. Because as you can see, the people that so claim that self-love should exist, I'm not saying that you shouldn't love yourself. Yes, you need to love yourself, but not from the perspective of, of a selfish mindset of it's just me and I and no, no others. Mm-hmm. The moment you enter into a mindset where I need to only focus on myself is the moment you step out of the grace and out of the, the will of God and out of the love of God. Because now you're saying, God isn't sufficient enough. I'll be sufficient for myself. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Because now you're saying Jesus's love is not enough for you. But if I can fulfill myself, if I can do it myself, mm-hmm. it'll be enough. And that's the world today. It's not, there's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. If you look at Roman civilization, if you look at um, back then in Athens, if you look at all these people who are great philosophers, Aristotle, Socrates, these are people that were very much so well-educated um, and believed in the power of the mind, and, and they shaped government and politics as we speak today. But you know what's really even more ironic is that those people back in those days, not to not give them credit, but they weren't Christian as far as we know. And on top of that, we still today focus on just the same things they did and look where we're at today. So self-love, it's not, it's not, it's not possible without God. Amen. Amen. That was good. Yeah. Amen. No, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that because again, the way with, when you started just, biggest thing to grasp from from that is that self-love is not selfish so if anyone wants to implement this practice of self-love and do it the right way just know that if all you get and the only result from that is selfishness then you're not walking in true self-love and you can't have real genuine self-love without having the genuine love of christ and having a relationship with christ first because if you truly love yourself, you will love God. Mm-hmm. If you want to really be able to, because is my thing is knowing that like, if I, if I really love myself, I'm going to allow Christ to come in. I'm going to allow him to be Lord overall. Because I'm saying that I know where my flesh is headed and I don't want that for me. Mm-hmm. I also don't want that for anyone else. So I love myself. Mm-hmm. I love others. First of all, I love Christ. And I don't want to put myself in a place where I am walking to, I'm walking towards that unknown. Well, actually very, very much known eternity of hell versus no, I'm going to choose to, I'm going to choose to love God. Cause I don't want, I don't want that for me. I also don't want that for anyone else. That's that, that's an indication of somebody who loved to me. That's an indication of someone who loves themselves, who truly loves himself is that they love Christ and they put God first. That's a, that's a key indication. And it doesn't mean that you can't, um, that, that, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can't like have a, 
a time where you're away. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the retreat. I mean, look at Jesus and the relationship that he had w- with God, with the re- relationship he had with the Father and how often he would go away into the wilderness and just it be him and God. But see, that, that's kind of the difference is like Jordan was saying earlier is that we get preached too often about these self-fulfilling acts, but a lot of times you're feeding the flesh and you're not, you're not feeding the spirit. And so what we're talking about here is practices and an implementation that feeds the spirit in such a way that when you get to that, what feels like maybe a spiritual drain or whatever, make sure that you are still implement or you're still walking in that self-love. So why you can be filled up so you can continue to walk and practice and, and walk out the great commission that the Lord called us to. To go out into all the worlds and, and make disciples of others, right? You know, it, we're supposed to be casting our nets. But here's the thing is that you will hit a wall. It's not uh, you might hit a wall. It's like you will hit a wall. And the second that you try to start doing that on your own and c- fulfilling the Great Commission on your own strength, that's when you got to, hey, maybe I need to take a step away. I need to take a, a, that's why pastors take sabbaticals. That's why. Uh, Jesus would go into the wilderness, you know, to be alone with the father, to, to have communication with him. Why? Because it was also, he knew his, his relationship with God was important as well, just as much as it was important for other people to have a relationship with the father. And that's what he was walking in every single day. And the thing is you need to be able to get that for yourself as well. So that's to me, like, that's a key, that's a key indication. And that's a great indication of self-love. And there's also rest. There's things like rest. There's other, you know, it, there's steward being a good steward of the temple, right? The body that God has given. So there are things, you know, to be done that are not, you know, going and getting a massage is not vain. You get a massage. It's okay. You're not, you're not going, we're not trying to say you're going to hell. If you get a massage or if you, if you watch a movie or if you hang out with friends or whatever, like Mm -hmm. there are different forms of rest and there's things that you can do. It's just, be careful about what you do. And if you feel that these things are becoming more like the Holy spirit is impressing on you, Hey, this is more so of a selfish thing. Mm. You know, take a look at that, you know, be, be aware, be discerning of the practices that you have in place to implement self-love and, uh, and grow closer to the father. But um, I'll, I'll let you guys go ahead and hop on that and uh, just, you know, share whatever the Lord's put on your hearts. She. You I look mean, like you, you want me to go? Yeah, they said good points. I, I'm remembering everything Jordan said and what Miguel said just yeah. now about the, about the Great Commission, too. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think a big takeaway, especially from what you said, Migs, is just to basically not to idolize the getaways. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's in everything because, like, of course, you know, none of those things are wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to a spa, you know, getting a massage, you know. Uh praying and meditating on your own and stuff like that. But I mean, cause that's those, those things, they bring peace, they bring comfort um, and they bring, you know, a sense of rest. Uh, they help you in your temple. Like he said, you know, your body, it gets you where you need to be and allows you to refocus. But the thing is, is that the Lord doesn't want us to make idols out of anything. So I think that's the most important part to recognize is that, okay, well, when I'm doing these things, am I idolizing that over my relationship with the Lord. So even though I'm saying, okay, God, you know, um, 
you know, I, I'm with you or, you know, I know that you're with me, this, this and that. And I'm taking this time to do it for you. But are you really doing it for him, for him or to spend time with him or to, you know, really allow him to download things onto you? Or are you just doing it because you and your flesh, like you said, you know, you feel tired. So, OK, now I have to retreat and I just got to um, I got to play video games. There's nothing wrong with playing video games. But if that's your pastime, as opposed to allowing the Lord while you're playing video video games, like if that's your time that you spend with the Lord and just like, OK, God, you know, this is and that's going on, blah, blah, blah. You can still have peace while you're playing and the Lord's still speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? Though I think those things are important to uh, take into account. But I would also add on to everything that everybody said so far. Um, I would say an important piece um, is that in, when it comes to self-love and stuff like that, I mean, you guys hit the 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 hammer right on the the head you know what i'm saying the, the nail, nail on the head whatever yeah the nail on the head whatever it is um, <laughs> he <took> the hammer <laughs> on the head <laughs> sorry bro we go, we're gonna meet ourselves nah y'all straight y'all straight but uh i mean y'all y'all were right on point because ultimately like you know you have to find yourself in christ and so I think even for those that don't believe yeah. in Jesus and stuff like that, I think that's even why it's such a crucial point because how truly like my question is, is okay. If you, for, for you to have, you know, love for yourself, for you, for there to be self-love, first of all, you have to know thyself, right? You have to know yourself. Mm -hmm. So even in the carnal sense, in the, you know, the worldly sense, if you know yourself, Okay, what is what are those things look like for you? So if you, you know, if you're a drug addict or you drink alcohol, you know, and you're yeah. uh, a drunk, you know Inventory. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if, if you're drunk, if you're doing all these different things or whatever, or if you just like to do yoga or whatever the case may be, CBD, you know, CBD, all those different things. Vape. So, you know yourself. And so you're you're only going to love yourself from that point of view in that standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you run to th it. This is this is a worldly thing as well. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it fluctuates because we don't you know, we're not fighting flesh and blood, but we're fighting the rules and principalities of evil in this world. Exactly. Right. So mm -hmm. therefore, we know that there's a spiritual realm and then there's the or the spirit. There's a the spiritual realm and in there there's good and evil. Right. Mm -hmm. So on both accords like we have to decipher and we have to fight for what's good which is kingdom like right mm -hmm. so even in that same sense for you to know yourself you can know oh yeah like no i need this drink okay why do you need this drink why do you need cbd why do you need this this is not like has it become an unhealthy habit has it become an idol in your life or instead you know where the true substance substance of and source of knowing yourself it comes from the lord mm -hmm. right because he yeah, made if us you're a believer you right. know you know who who it, i mean if you're not a believer you you don't know that but like right. if you're a believer you know who you are and whose you are right if and you're a believer you know what he says about you right and that's where i'm getting to but even for those that aren't aren't believers i mean for the most part i feel like even non-believers they feel as though they, there's something greater I feel like every yeah. everybody or most people in this world feel like there's something greater beyond themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we go back to scripture and we can see, OK, he made us in his image. So already. 
we like we know that we sh- we were made to worship. Mm-hmm. We were made to worship God. We're made in his image. So therefore, if we're made in his image, th- he has already given us self like self-love because it's in himself. Like he he God loves loves himself to the point to where he is able to bestow on us and show us the love yeah, that God is love. God is right. love, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I'm saying he's able to show us those things, but the only way that we can ever see those things is to be able to read the word, right? And in that we find ourselves. Mm. So it's it's important that we're able to, I mean, for us as believers, we're able to really portray what that looks like and be able to tell people these things because I mean um what the other day I was working and this guy he he came uh he was with me, he was talking about, oh yeah, you know, I uh I don't know. I always say, or I think of myself in this image and this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, well, you know, is there any particular reason? And he was just like, ah, oh, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, bad things, this, this and that. I was just like, oh, well, you know, if you, uh, just really, if you just pray and you pray and ask God, if you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you and reveal, um, you know, because you're made in his image, he'll he'll come to you he says that you know if you call on him uh call call to me and i will reveal the things of which are hidden right so if you if you call and you ask i'll reveal these things i was just like yeah so if you just pray and you ask him to show you his love you'll be able to see yourself from his image you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. so with with that being said it's important that we're able to to be able to portray these things and to tell people these things, even if they don't believe, because, you know, even it's just like us, when we were kids, we didn't want to hear everything that our parents were telling us, even though it might've been true and it had substance, but at the end of the day, we get older and then we, we are able to pinpoint, Oh shoot. My mom had told me this when I was like five years old and I didn't want to listen to her, mm-hmm. but it remains true. And for whatever reason, it stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? And so, that might be the one seed that sticks with someone and they would be able to say like, dang, okay, well, let me see who Jesus is. And let me see if I can find, you know, love in, in him, uh, or if I can, you know, find self love, or if I can love myself through, through him and, you know, he can show these things to me and I'll, I'll be better off about being able to love myself and then love my neighbors. And then, uh, but ultimately loving God and being able to, you know, like uh, Jordan said, that process of just loving the Lord your God with all your heart. And then after that, being able to see how his love impacts your life so much that you would be able to love yourself and love your neighbors. So yep. if you love God, you're walking in the right direction of self-love. Yeah. You're, you're walking in the right place. But uh, I think Jordan had a question for Carl. Oh, Carl. He didn't give his answer, though. Oh, it's all good. Okay. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all do y'all think. This is not y'all. <laughs> I, I just wanted to hear no, what he no, had to no, say. No, no. Am I speaking or is Jordan speaking? No, you're speaking. You're speaking. Okay, got you. Um, close us. Close us on that. All great points. All great points. Um, I agreed. I when Jordan started, I agreed with that off the bat. Um, just everything he said. Um, from your walk, like. It's futile doing it yourself and going in the way that got going in your own like strength and doing what you want to do. If you're not a Christian, 
it seems like you're just doing it normally. But C.S. Lewis always there's like I uh, I was watching this sermon. Um, I think her name is Jill Briscoe, and she was basically talking about C.S. Lewis, his progression to becoming a Christian. He made bold statements like he's an atheist, and then he said, "Well, I'm not an atheist," um, and I could be wrong with the progression, but he was like, "He's not an atheist," uh, but I got at least be agnostic because I don't got enough evidence that there is a God or not a God. And then he was like, "Well, I'm not an agnostic. I'm a deist because you gotta." Basically, I believe there's a God out there. We just don't know what God is there. There's, you can't find that information out. And then he became a Christian because at the end of the day, like everybody has a fulfilling inside of them that a deep desire to do something, to do something that God has put inside of them, but they don't know it's from God because they're not Christian. They're not awoke. They're not awoken to it. Um, awake to awake. Word. Thank you. I was like, awoken is not a word. What am I doing? But uh, it was cool to hear her say that because. Um, C.S. Lewis was a atheist and then he converted to Christianity and he said he just could not find any, he couldn't support, he couldn't find any evidence to support that there's not a God. And um, like Jordan said, like it is futile because you just continue trying to do things, you know, you just keep trying to do things on this earth to better yourself and eventually you get to the end of yourself and you just find out that it's amounted to nothing. You can't take the money with you. You can't take the those cool experiences you made with you. you can't do any of that the only thing that will work is glorifying god because through that you will find out you will you will get the true fulfilling that only comes from god and you can't it's like hard to explain to someone to someone that's not a christian but when you've walked with god it's like a mirror because he shows you who you truly are he shows you you're supposed to look at yourself in relation to christ and he'll show you who you truly are but when you're doing the stuff by yourself it's just easy to be like dang i'm a good person because i'm doing this and I'm taking care of people, but then you have your own stuff that you lack and you're bad at. And that's the rest of the human population. We all we all suck at some things and we're all great at some things. And then when it comes to how you treat people, some are some people are really good, other people are really bad. But God just puts everybody on the same playing field. And if you compare yourself to him, you'll find out that you're not that good. It says in the word that our righteousness is filthy rags compared to him. So like to him, he calls us good, but he's the only one that can call us good. We can't call ourselves good because our righteousness is filthy rags to him. So we can only get so so clean, but standing before God, how clean are you? And so I just love seeing how, like everybody's points that they made, even like you know Miguel said about going on retreats and stuff like that. I, I was um, reading about how Paul was writing a letter to the uh, Philippian church, and he was talking about you know regard others. This is you know this is a guy that was a murderer back in the day, killing Christians, and now he's talking about regard others as more important than yourselves. And then he wrote the whole, you know, section on humility in the Bible that I was reading about. And there's plenty of parts of that throughout the entire gospel. But reading it from Paul, who was a murderer, and talked about how everything that he was doing was a loss to Christ because he was doing it for the world. But then when he flipped, everything was a gain for Christ, but now it was a loss to the world. Um, it's a it's in benefit to the world, but he's not doing things for himself. He's now putting himself in other people's shoes and putting himself, basically putting other people first. And that's what he did. And he was writing this from a jail cell. So to hear a dude that was a murderer now saying that type of, you know, big declaration on his life, he's, you know, he was changed by God. And that only comes by being changed by God. It can't happen to yourself. And he helped a lot of people out. So to just hear that is just very eye opening. And then I just go with your point too, Sheen, you know, this great commission that we got to do, like you cannot do it in your own strength. That's all I have to say. You're on mute, Miguel. For a second, I thought he was about to say I'm on mute. So Jordan's about to go. I want to hear this. Can you all hear me? Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that was that was powerful. You brought up Paul. I think that's crazy because one of the books that the Lord has had me in for about first it was Joseph, um, reading Genesis, but he brought me to Galatians um, mm-hmm. one through six. And what I find interesting when you talk about how the Apostle Paul really talked about focusing on others, not just yourself, in Galatians 6, as I'm pulling this up right now, read it every day. Mm-hmm. I love how he says, um, in Galatians 6, 1, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful to, to fall into to not fall into the same temptation yourself. Then in verse two, he says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So I love yep. that because he basically says, who do, who do you think you are? And that's mm-hmm. for me personally, what I got out of what you just said it, it revolves around from the get-go, Carl, what you said in the beginning about God's love and, and understanding it and all that we're saying. I love what we're saying tonight. But I love how you pointed out the fact that it's he never said to focus on yourself in Philippians. He said focus on others, just like he said again in Galatians 6. And I think sometimes, not sometimes, I think plenty of times, especially in this generation, when we talk about self-love, but not only self-love, love in general, it's always about the individual instead of the group. It's always about the individual instead of the neighbor. It's always about the individual, how I feel, how I perceive things, Mm -hmm. how I think of things, how I believe in (laughs) things. But the moment someone disagrees, the moment that we can't seem to have reconciliation in any area with the enemy, you know, it's it, it, and that in itself is ridiculous because Jesus himself tells you to even pray for your enemies, to even love your enemies. So that goes back to really what Paul says. He says, who do you think you are? Basically <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it, you are, you're playing a selfish game with a selfless God mm-hmm. and you can't be selfish and, and yet try to serve a selfless God because God's not selfish at all. Right. I also wanted to ask you, Carl, just with what you mentioned in the beginning about pornography you know, that's something that I I had struggled with for, for a long time and just am recovering from. Um, God's done a complete work in my life. It's been insane. Uh, I can't remember how many days, how many weeks now I've been sober, but it took a while. It took a long time. But one thing I realized was, number one, I wasn't accepting God's grace and love. But number two, when I was trying to battle with it on my own and not have accountability, I couldn't get past it because the whole point was never to get past it or to be perfect. The whole point was to fall more in love with God and then help another brother out and another. And it just turned into uh, a kind of a chain reaction of, wow, we're supposed to do this together, not just individually. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, pornography is something that's selfish. It's a very selfish act in the sense of when you do it, you fulfill yourself. It's self-fulfillment. I wanted to ask you, since we're on the topic of self-love, how really you overcame that? Because I know that there's a lot of people out there that struggle with this secretly. 
And I would be a liar to say I never struggled with it secretly. I struggled with it for 11 years. I'm 23 now. And, um, you know, it really, oh, well, tw- uh, I, yeah, 11 years, 11 years. And I, I, man, I kept that thing a secret for years and years and it ended up affecting a lot of my relationships, my friendships, how I viewed women. How did you, especially for a viewer who not isn't necessarily just struggling with porn, but maybe um, just a lust or hunger problem for things that aren't necessarily um, the things of God, just as, you know, what Paul even talks about in Galatians, he talks about the things that aren't of God, what, you know, whether it be gluttony, whether it be all of those things, it doesn't matter. It's not just pornography. So it's not just for those who struggle with pornography. It could be homosexuality. It could be gluttony. It could be the... Mm -hmm hunger for money to be powerful, you know, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, this is all rooted somewhere inside of our hearts. So with mm-hmm. pornography and that being your story, how did you find yourself really um, being set free by that? Um, that's a great question. I appreciate it. I know I mean, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good hearing your uh, testimony. I'm glad you overcame it. You know, that's good. Uh, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I, um, for me, it was, you know, I was, I did a, a victory discipleship, victory church, and that was amazing. It was a men's discipleship with a bunch of men. And um, that was very life changing for me because I got to hear from a lot of people that were going through situations that didn't have to do anything with pornography. It just has to do with anything in life. And so to hear from all these men who are married, not married, 18 to, to whatever age, I'm, when I say whatever age, I mean like above 70, like I'm in there with a bunch of guys a um, bunch of grown men who are coming here to humble themselves before God. You know, if you humble yourself before God, he will exalt you. And so, and, but you know, if you're prideful, you're going to get knocked down. And mm-hmm. so we all came in there humbling ourselves. But I think for me being in that and learning, and I had already overcome pornography before I, I joined that, but just hearing other, just hearing other people's stories, it just taught me, you know, there's either, like people when they're struggling with pornography or whatever sin it is or whatever addiction it is, it's like that want to factor. People people are like, man, I see somebody else that's free or I see somebody else that's overcome. And they're like, man, I don't have that want to, you know, how do, you know, I want God to help me or I want to, I want to stop or I want this, I want that to stop doing it, but I don't have that want to. And, you know, my thing for me when I was scared thinking I would never overcome it, I kept thinking that I didn't have the want to, that, you know, sometimes they just, God just put it in Sheen or put it in Jordan or Miguel, and then y'all just stop. The Lord, the Lord can do that, and He does that. And whenever He chooses to do that, He does it by His own means. Some people cry out because it says in the Bible, whoever you know, heartbroken or contrite spirit, He won't turn away. So when people do that, like cry out really, just hard to God, they're bawling. You know, sometimes you'll hear people that you know God put it in them, and all of a sudden they never masturbated again, never watched pornography again. Other people it takes a journey, um, and that's not God's doing. That's our that's our doing. Um, and so. I gave that, I was just giving the background of that because it taught me a lot through my journey. I didn't have the want to in the beginning. I had to, I mean, my want to took effort. I think it's effort in God being there and his grace and love. But I went through a point of we abuse God's grace by keep saying, I'm sorry for masturbating. You you say that, you know, you say that one time and then you say it next week and then you go a month without it and then you do it another time and you just keep finding yourself masturbating. I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I am going to change and I had to speak that into existence and then the thing I did to overcome it was, and to get the want to, I just had to tell a friend. And it says, now I had to write this down while you were speaking, but it says James 5, uh, James 
chapter 5, verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed oh you go to god for forgiveness you go to people for healing so when i heard that scripture that scripture changed my life because i deal with everything now i'll get a sexual dream and i had i called sheen and i was like hey bro could you pray for me i didn't do anything i didn't ask for a sexual dream i didn't this was sleep i woke up and i was like sheen i called sheen the next day and i said hey man can you pray for me he prayed for me i never got attacked with any lustful talk, thoughts throughout the day or any more dreams but that right there is a very big scripture, a uh, big, powerful scripture for what we should be doing in our lives, for every area of our life. If you're struggling financially, tell Miguel so he can pray for you. You know what I'm saying? And he might be able to help you because you open the Lord works by our faith. You ask yeah. him something, you will get an answer. And so that for me was very big. And once I did that, I got to see um, that for me was like huge. And I got to see how God was just faithful. And I think what I had and to be frank on this, you know, on this podcast, I told my friend, uh, I told my brother, if he could, uh, please keep accountability for my, uh, for me masturbating. But the way I went about it, you know, it wasn't just, Hey, let me call you if I'm struggling because that becomes hard. We don't do it. We don't do it enough. And it's, and it's after you might call the first time, but after, a lot of people don't want to be accountable to another person. And that goes back to what Jordan was saying about self-love in the beginning, you know, Aristotle and all these people and Socrates writing all these great proverbs that are worldly proverbs no one wants to be accountable to another person these people were smart they were philosophers a lot of people like them but you we don't like to be accountable to other people and as christians and some i've learned in the discipleship they said you know it said believers are accountable to no one disciples are accountable to everybody and there was a guy speaking saying when he first heard that he thought what i'm not accountable to anybody i don't know that guy it's very true like there's a reason i don't go to clubs i've told people this several times the lord has told me i'm not supposed to go you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying something, saying it on this camera. You know, if you see me at one in the future, it better not be a club that it better not be a club like worldly clubs. It just better be some normal. But what I mean by that is the Lord watches me. The Lord watches where I'm going. And so I can't go to certain places other people might go. And the reason is because we all have a presence that we carry. And I try to tell people that all the time and they don't want to believe it. But um, we all have a presence like. You don't see somebody very serious in an area that other people are partying in. It says in the word in the scripture, I don't know a verse I can find it, but it says, you know, our what, what we're supposed to do is look after orphans and not be stained by the world. Meaning you're supposed to look at people who are not believers and not be stained by what they're doing. And I think yes. right now we have a lot of people that are like, oh, I deal with masturbation. But, you know, I know eight other Christians who deal with this, so we can just keep doing it. But, man, like, what I do that I have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. No, no, no. I just said, I was just agreeing with you. I said license. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's the license. You know, if you got five people, you know, you got five broke, you got five broke people and one rich person, then you got six broke people because those five might take from the one. So uh and that's a funny statement, but you know, when you get it to like sin and being Christian worldliness, you have so many people that are like um you have so many people, we just have everybody has that one sin or everybody has a couple of sins and it's fine. That is not true at all. That stops the gospel. That stops what God can do in your life when you go like that. So I had a friend put a code on my phone. So I can't even do certain things on my phone, which to God be the glory. I heard Craig Rochelle actually talk about that. And so since I've done that, I don't struggle with masturbation. So Craig Rochelle said he just has, he said his staff, and I think he said his wife, I'm not sure it doesn't matter, but he said his staff has codes to his phone. So if he needs to download an app or if he needs to mm -hmm. do anything, they have to put it in. So when I heard that, I heard that scripture I said scripture. I've heard that speech that he gave a year ago, and 
yeah, that video changed my life. So very good. I think I actually heard it like a year and a half ago. Yeah, something like that. And I know I know exactly which one you're speaking of. I actually myself uh, watched that, and I thought it was so humbling how he still does that. Yeah, I think a lot of people lately, um, recently, we've had a lot of, and I, for the sake of their names, you know, and just honoring them, they're so great men of God. Yeah. But recently, there's a big Christian artist named Gavi, who just kind of, you know, made a mistake, and uh, he got dropped drop from the record label um from uh what do you what's what's is it reach records yeah is it? i think so yeah lecrae's on it yeah yeah lecrae's on it andy minio um due to some explicit photos that he was just sending and then recently we had um jeremy foster of hope yeah. city church mm. and it, it, it broke my heart, but I realized these people, these men, you know, we can't expect perfection out of them. But at the same time, I think it's a lesson to still be learned because if they could go back, you know, in our age and everyone's situation is different, but I believe God, you know, is still going to work their situation. God forgives them. There is grace. There is love. And I don't think it's okay to sit here and criticize these men. Like I see some of these pastors doing on social media. It's disgusting. Um, it's not, it's not forgiveness at all. You don't make an example out of that. Are you kidding me? You don't, that's, that's like Jesus, whenever he found the adulterous woman and they're going, or even the time whenever there's, there's actually, there's the woman at the well. And then the one where he said, cast the first stone, mm -hmm. you know, I, <laughs> we're, we're just as bad as those guys who ganged up on that one woman who got thrown out and they asked Jesus, you know, and Jesus had to say, well, you cast your first stone if you've never sinned. I think mm -hmm. it's amazing to me how we've been casting so many stones at these two men of God who has still had a huge impact on this generation. But I do think it's a lesson to be learned that we do humble ourselves. We do bring these problems to the surface so that later on our, our families and who we're leading and who we're over um, mm -hmm. can benefit from the fruit and the seeds that were that are being grown in our lives now. And I do believe everything that you just said is, is right on point because I do truly believe that, especially when I communicate it to my friends, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. The more I exposed it, the less powerful it became. And I find it interesting how the enemy will tell you over and over and over. If you just hide it, if you just hide it, if you just hide it, and that's anything in life. Uh, or if you, if you, you, it's so crazy to me how the temptation that he brings and the whispers that he whispers in your ear, how far they can go and how fast they, they can produce a crop that you should have never belonged there in your heart. And it changed the trajectory of your life. And I think really with what you're saying about, I loved your story about how there's not just young men that were in that group, but older gentlemen, I believe God, there's so much mercy and grace when you expose it. And I'm just so grateful that you, you mentioned that because I think a lot of times we say, oh, well, it's going to happen next week. It won't happen again. And, or next week, and you find yourself going years in the same addiction, but it's because number one, yeah, you're, yeah, you're asked forgiveness. Great. Great first step. But number two, you're not doing what biblically is sound. And that is going to another person, going to another brother specifically or a sister um, because girls also struggle with this and not being, you know, upfront about this is what my life is in the secret versus what it is in the public. Because what happens in the secret, 
what happens in darkness will always be revealed in light. And so if we're not careful with that, if we're always focusing, especially in American culture that we live in today, especially in the church culture that we live in today in America, where you're focused just on the exterior, never the interior, you're going to find yourself in a really bad place because the foundation of where you built your ministry, the foundation of where God's called you to be with the specific place and the specific anointing that he's put upon your life can never function properly. Because now, since you are dysfunctional on the inside, it's starting to become dysfunctional on the outside. And so God can still get the glory through the gifts that you have, but the anointing that you have will all, will then be tainted in the eyes of man. And not that we live for man, but we are responsible as Christians. We are responsible to really look at each other and say, hey, let's get back on track. We're responsible to look at each other and not look through the eyes or the, the lens of condemnation, but the lens... Yeah. And the eyes of conviction and where the Lord wants us to be as a body, not just as an individual, because what I do will affect Miguel. What Miguel Mm -hmm. does will affect Sheen. What Sheen does will affect you, because that's how God has structured the body of Christ. We're not just representing me, myself and I. Mm -hmm. We're representing the body of Christ. And so I think a lot of times people begin to look at themselves as, well, it's just me. So who cares? That goes back to the self-love of being careless. You know, if you're just always focusing on yourself, if you're just always focusing on what I can do and how I can do it and when I can do it and why I can do it, you'll find yourself in a dwindling path just like the enemy did when he got striked down from heaven in lightning and he found himself in hell forever because of pride. And that's the core of it. Self-love can become pride. And I think everything that you just said, if we don't reveal it to a brother, if we don't go to another person, then you're prideful. That's, that's the root of it. You're prideful. And, and I'm saying that, yeah. and I can say that because I struggle with that. So to say, if I'm not careful, I will struggle with pride because it's so yeah. much easier to appear perfect than it is to be vulnerable and appear imperfect. Right. Oh, that was good. On a, um... No, you're, you're just... sorry guys. We, <laughs> we're, we're figuring this thing out with our mics and all that stuff. So Thank y'all for being patient with us. Um, while we're on the on, on this topic, um, I I think it's important. Here go my arms. I think it's a, a, important to communicate one thing and one thing very very clearly because it's a this is a this is a media tactic and it goes into a lot of different avenues it's not just pornography it's not just geared towards christians it's what people do with the world and it's what the left does to the right and the right does to the left and um anyone who ever disagrees is um one one common one common practice that i see in the secular world today and in the church that we use to try and convince people a keyword convince people to stop doing something is one they use shame and second they use statistics so those are two things that while they statistics can be used for good don't get me wrong they can be very purposeful and there's a place for statistics in our world But hear me out when I say this, and I want to be very clear because I know the effect that it has on people. I know how ineffective it can be when it comes to certain sin and how effective it can be when it's used in the right way. But if my brother is struggling with pornography or my sister, again, for the woman out there, they're struggling with some kind of sin. Let's be honest. If I spew statistics at them, 
is that going to is that going to get get them to change their ways? If I say, well, you know, one in every three, one in every three female is going to watch pornography. You can give someone statistics all day about the human trafficking. You can give someone statistics all day about how many pastors watch porn. And you can give someone statistics all day about how many women watch porn or whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying it won't do anything. Hear me out. And I'm not saying that God can't use it. But if all you do to help a brother, help a sister when they are struggling with some kind of sin is throw statistics at them and you do not offer to pray for them, you do not offer uh, any kind of guidance, you do not steer them in the direction of Christ, you are not helping them. And I, I know what the reality is. There's a couple of, count, of accounts that I can think of right now that I see all the time on social media. And they use statistics day in and day out. I am not saying that that is not effective. And again, I'm not saying that it, it can't be used or it doesn't work. But you need to know the heart behind why you are helping someone. If a brother or a sister comes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling. If Jordan comes to me and says, hey, man, I'm struggling. And all I do is throw statistics at him or I try to shame him through statistics or I just throw shame at him. Well, man, you shouldn't have done that. Well, hey, man, this is this is all I do is try to condemn and condemn and condemn. And we need to be clear about the difference between condemnation and conviction. And what our roles are, even in the conviction and being a vessel versus you trying to do that on your own and trying to save a brother and you're not steering them in the direction of Christ saving them. Because here's the thing, you try to save somebody on your own strength, you try to get them to save themselves on their own strength, they will fail 10 out of 10 times. They will not walk in true freedom. We have to be real about people walking in actual freedom. I am a sinner saved by grace. I stand here today and I'm on this mic saying that I am free. Why? Because of what Christ did. Not because a friend threw statistics at me or not because someone shamed me into becoming a believer. And that's a very dangerous thing that we see in society today that will eat away at people. And I want to throw that out there because it is just such a common tool. And I understand why, and I understand where people are coming from. And I'm not saying that those people don't have a good heart, but we need to be very aware of how we use those tools that I would even say God is given statistics, not shame. Shame is not a tool that I, that I would ever say is God given. And you just need to shame people into doing stuff. If you're doing that, you're manipulative and we need to pray. Right. I think, but, I mean, oh, my bad. Oh, Wait, sorry. But yeah. No, just again, just to reiterate those two things right there. Shame. Don't ever do not ever, ever try to shame somebody into freedom. That doesn't work. That's not freedom. Because mm-hmm. if you, again, we say this all the time, if you can convince somebody through shame, someone else can convince them out of that, right? It's just all they're doing is getting convinced. You're convincing somebody to be a believer. Someone can convince them to not be a believer. This is truth. This is what I know to be true. 
it's not about me being convinced or convincing somebody. It's no, I know this is true. I know what God did. I am walking mm -hmm. in freedom. I was not shamed into freedom. And I'm yep. not going to get statistics thrown at me and just to be able to walk into freedom. And I'm not going to do yep. that to somebody else. No, I want to offer you something God given. I want you to have an encounter with the Lord. I want you to take steps daily. Again, like someone mentioned before, there's process. And sometimes it's just that instant, like Carl was saying before, sometimes for some people it's that instant, like, oh man, I get it, light bulb. And it's just, man, it looked like the easiest thing ever for that person. Some people are like, no, I got to walk through this because I'm not, maybe they're not surrendered or they just, they, they're just not there. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's, that's all I have to say on that. Because again, this is, since we were on the topic of pornography, I don't want to go past that without hitting that point because it's very, very, very dangerous and it's very, very easy to do to somebody. And it's, it's also at the pulpits too. And again, I'm not saying there's no place for stats. There is a place for it, but we do have to be careful if that's the only thing that we're bringing to the table. That's good. That's good. But yeah, Sheen, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I was just going to say in terms of like, in terms of what you said, I think even with that, it's important to know your audience or like who you're talking to. So, you know, even with that, like you said, you know, statistics, statistics they, uh, they have their place and stuff like that. And so for some people, it might, you know, it might actually help like, oh, you know, or, you know, even those that speak on at the pulpits or in the congregations and stuff like that, there's you know, a majority or, you know, uh, a small amount of people that the statistics, it might help them to really put things into perspective. Yes. It thing, has, it's got its place. Right. Right. Yeah. Which I'm, again, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just mm -hmm. saying you have to know the people that you're talking to and it goes back to, you know, loving your neighbor. So if you, if Miguel, if you were to come to me and tell me something or, you know, Carl or, Jordan, if y'all were to come to me and be like, hey, this is what's going on and all, I give you statistics or I just tell you, man, like this is the 15th time. Why are you why are you just doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's not going to help anybody. And I've I personally seen people in my own life, people that I'm really close to that like have done that to others. And I'm like, you know, where's your where's your heart? Like, where's your your actual love for the, the person? Yeah, because right. throughout scripture, we don't see Jesus doing that to anybody of course he calls things out mm -hmm. just like the woman at the well he called out that hey you have what was it uh five five men or five husbands or something like that and and only uh and you're not married to any of them or something like that or you're only weekday. married to like one of them every every weekday right so it's like you know with that being said is like okay he called that out but also at the same time he offered reconciliation because mm -hmm. he said, you know, drink from my water, mm -hmm. the living water. And so we see that they go, you know, they can go hand in hand or, you know, we see the different ways in which Jesus handled it only in, a, in accordance and in alignment with the father. But, you know, that's how we're supposed to really he he's the example of how we're supposed to be handling these things exactly. and how we're supposed to be loving people, because if we're just con condemning somebody, condemnation doesn't bring, you know, uh revelation or love to or or you know um reconciliation to anything 
it only right. brings it only allows the enemy to come in and swoop up the person even more because now you're adding to to his body count that he's trying to to build up you know what i'm saying because ultimately like even with what you said oh did you have some because uh even going back to what you said you know um about the the body and stuff like that like um as a believer like we're accountable towards each other but even as like even for those that aren't believers and stuff like that we're still accountable for one another but it's a matter of which body are you, you know, feeding to, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. you can either be feeding to the, to the oneness and the unity of the body of Christ or to the enemy, because mm-hmm. I mean, he has a body of his own that he's trying to build and to manifest, to destroy the world, to destroy you, to destroy everything that God has built, but it will not prevail. You know, it won't last. It won't be of anything because God mm-hmm. reigns over all, but Still, you could be building a kingdom that is not worthy. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's something that you have to be mindful of because um, we want to we want to be understanding of which kingdom are we worshiping, which kingdom are we serving? Because ultimately, it's it's either going to serve well with those around us, or it's going to destroy, still kill and destroy, just like the right. enemy intends and plans on doing. Amen. You can say that again. <laughs> I, I can't. That was the Holy Spirit. I don't know what I don't know what I just said, honestly. But enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, I mean, he he he. That's what he, that's what he does. That's his only thing. And of course, like he wants you to continuously stay in this loop, in this cycle of just like, oh, okay, you know, no, don't don't forgive this person. Don't love them. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. you don't have to tell anybody about the sins that you're going through because it's just it's just yourself. That's the biggest lie in the world because the enemy knows that if you bring forth darkness into the light, it has no room to hide. So therefore, it's always going to be on display. But with it being on display, there is healing. There is restoration. God can come in and he can do his work and his fullness. The fullness of his work will be completed because it's in his word. It's his word. It has nothing to do with us. And that's the the biggest picture is that none of this has anything to do with us. God's love has nothing to do with us. He gives it freely. You know what I'm saying? It's it's free because he wants us to partner with him. He wants us to be one with him. That's the whole portion of being unified as one body because we are like we are one body, mind, body and spirit, just like just like the father, son and the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? We're made of three different parts but we're one you know what i'm saying and we can be made one and whole in him in which that's what his his um that's what jesus's prayer was is that we would come unto him that we would be under the father so even in that like that understand understand that concept like how much god loves us that and how much jesus loves us that he even prays for us that he intercedes for us and it's in scripture like i'm not just giving some random stuff it's just a reality he's praying for us so those that have not come to to him just yet he's praying that you would with the chance and with the hope the hope that you would come unto him yeah you know what i'm saying so that's love man and that's how we should be treating one another that's what love is about i mean that's even 
what everybody said, even when, when we talked about self-love, that's what it's about is being able to know yourself in Christ and loving him so much that you would know yourself. And then, excuse me, excuse me, uh, being able to love others. You know what I'm saying? Because I cough. (laughs) No, I wasn't a cough. It was Bert, but, um, but yeah, I mean, because without him, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have any of these principles. We wouldn't have any of these things and, you know, it'd be useless. Our lives would be useless. What y'all talking about over there? Jordan doesn't know what coding is. Coding? Wait, where did that come from? When you were talking about the cough. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, ask good. ask your ask your roommate behind you what coding is. Yeah, ask. He just said it. I have some. He has some. Legally, legally. Legal, legally. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Charles, for clarifying. <laughs> oh, from from COVID, he doesn't have it anymore. Right. Praise okay. God. That's freedom. <laughs> freedom. Come on now. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, no, that's that's powerful right there. That's powerful. I like everything about that, especially just remembering. Hey, you got to know who we we understand whose image we're made in. Mm-hmm. We also understand that there's an enemy too, and Correct. his tactics and what he's about. Now, I'm I'm not saying y'all need to go into some type of like military studies and study like all of his. I don't like it's it's not military. It's bigger than that. Like we're talking about spiritually spiritual realm here too. But um, I got a question. I got a question for Carl. Um, on the on the topic of love. Um, just to kind of kind of close this because there's a there's a part of this where i want to i want to hear from you because i think we've all kind of experienced these these things in some way but how about loving somebody that uh, maybe doesn't have your best interest in mind Mm -hmm. Uh, communicating love to somebody who honestly like on the surface looks like an enemy right someone who who's maybe come against us who's hurt us in some way um, do you have any experience, a testimony in that area? Even if it's something that you're like, oh, I'm walking through that right now, so I don't want to go into too much detail, whatever, but just like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is this is how God has gotten through gotten me through this season of uh a, a struggle to maybe love somebody. I don't know. Is there yeah. is there is there a person that comes to mind? Are we thinking the same <laughs> Y'all person? are smiling, so it sounds like there's somebody. Yeah. Are we thinking <laughs> the same person? The story I told you. Yeah, yeah, I told him. Yeah, that I story. think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I actually told. That's funny because when I told you that story, I that came out of nowhere. Me and him, uh, me and Sheen were just talking because we were just talking about uh, life, and we always talk about Bible. You know, we always bring up it's always there because we're always talking about stuff that relates to Christianity because we're Christians. Amen. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had I dated somebody like years back um, when I first started uh, going to college. Um, and she had an, she had, it was a, I guess she had like an ex or something, somebody that she was still friends with, somebody that she was still friends with. Um, I don't think, actually, I don't even think they ever dated, but yeah, somebody she was uh, really close friends with, but I didn't like the guy because um, he was not respectful of boundaries in a relationship. And so I ended up, uh, I think he had called her baby over the phone and I got upset. And so, man, I, uh, <laughs> I went crazy over the phone, but. 
I had went crazy. It's a lot. I don't even know what I was doing. I just remember rage took over. You know, it says in the Bible, you know, we're allowed to be angry, but right. it says don't let, you know, you can, there's a biblical anger that we can have, but you can't be, you can't, you can't sin in anger. It says don't sin in anger. And so he had called her baby. I don't think they ever dated, but he was always a childhood friend, but he wasn't living, he wasn't walking with Christ. He was living a certain way. He was not respectful of her being in relationships. And so I don't know why she was but still friend with them or whatever. But anyway, he had called her baby as they got off the phone. He called her for some reason off of a different number. And so she answered not knowing who it was. And then he was like asking for something and then they talked. And then when they, when they were getting off the phone, he called her baby. And so I got super heated, wanted to kill this guy. And uh, I will literally say I wanted to kill him because I think I tried to get back on the phone and talk to him, but the phone call was over. But anyway, I went to God with that. And I started... <laughs> Uh, I was over here praying for this dude to die and a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Now, granted, let me old. let me preface. This was like old, old Carl, like way, way back. Yeah. So I was, not not today. <laughs> yeah, I was very vengeful. But the I, thing is, when I grew I up, it. like I know you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry, no. I was just saying, I believe yeah. it because I know you. I believe that's not yeah. you anymore. But the, hey, that's what God can do, though. Bro, yeah, because I mean, the way I was like. I didn't have to fight people. I wasn't a fighter. I was never a good fighter or somebody that if I got picked on, I was going to fight. I was more of something yeah. happened. I would go and do something bad, like start a rover or do something bad. I was very vengeful. And so <laughs> with this, I literally, it wasn't a prayer like, hey, God, please kill this dude. Like, no, it was like I started speaking death over this dude and spe speaking like that this dude would die, that he would. Like, it was so bad. Like, I, I was grieved by it now because it was just so demonic what I did. Well, long story short, when that dude called her, he was struggling with meth. So he was loopy. He was on drugs when he had called her. So he's not in his right mind. So, again, you know, being having, having the mind of Christ and being where we're at, I don't have to like it. But And there's boundaries we should all have. But at the same time, right. I have to understand that this guy already is not Christian. He's already walking a certain way. And then when he called her. He was on drugs. So I actually don't, he might not, he was on, I think, Coke at the time. And then it might've might been meth. Regardless of the fact this man was on drugs. I know it was meth later on though, because what happened later on is I started, I, I started going through depression that lasted for a year and three months. I know the exact time it started. I know the exact time it ended. So that whole time I was dealing with suicidal thoughts and I was getting attacked, tormented every single day. Like no joke. If I know people that have dealt, people that have dealt with depression, they will know what I'm talking about. Cause it's not no, yeah. Hey, I can watch a basketball game and still enjoy yep. basketball. You're watching a basketball game while in your head thinking about dying or whatever yep. it is that depression leads to. And I, you know, I rebuke that right now in Jesus name over anybody yeah. struggling. Amen. But what I dealt with it, that's what I was dealing with. And it's funny because I didn't tell nobody why I was dealing with it. And I believe that if I would have let, I be, I'm glad that I got through it and God is the one that healed me. And I remember being at church when a woman prayed for me and she broke it and God is the one that did it through her, but she broke it and it yeah. left two days after she said that. I still dealt with it two days after she broke it, but then two days later, it was gone. But anyway, through that time, the Lord said to me, I don't know if you guys ever heard it. If you're not getting healing, is there somebody that you're not forgiving? I don't yeah. know if you ever heard that whole thing. Or yeah. if you're dealing with something, is there is are you not able to pass it? Is there something blocking you? It's probably because you didn't heal somebody. So I remember sitting in the airport and I'm getting tormented badly because we'll come in waves. And I just remember the Lord was like, you need to call the guy. I almost said the guy's name. You're trying to have anonymity here. I can't do that. The Lord was like, you need to apologize to that guy. And I'm like, I'm thinking about this dude. I'm like, 
why is this coming up? But I'm being tormented. Again, you know, when you're really getting, when you're really going through whatever season you're going through, it doesn't have to be depression. It could be anything, but you know, when it's, when God is on you heavily, if you're getting, if the enemy is really trying to kill you, you could put yourself in someone else's shoes that has been going through whatever they, whether they wronged you or not, you can put yourself in their shoes. And so the Lord in that moment was like, you need to call that guy. And I'm like, about to argue with God. At first I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then the thoughts got worse. And when I say thoughts got worse, I'm talking about more thoughts about death. And I just feel death on me. And I'm sitting at the airport because I'm heading, trying to uh, go back to college because school, uh, school's about to come back around. And at that moment, I was still dating. And so I called the girl and she's like, uh, I'd say, hey, could you actually, I didn't even call her. Yeah, I did call her. I said, hey, could you text me the guy's phone number? And she's like thrown off because she knows I hate him. I don't hate him anymore but I hated him. And she's like, why? And I'm like, cause I need to, call, I need to talk to him. And she's like, I was like, it's nothing bad. And she's like, okay. So she sends me his number. I called this guy and I'm like, Hey, it's Carl. Uh, I said, I said, uh, how are you doing? Whatever. Cause I needed to know what he was doing. And he was like, um, he was like, right. He was just, I think he, I don't think he was at work, but, uh, I didn't tell she in this part, but basically he wasn't doing anything. He had idle time. I don't know what he was doing when I called yeah. him. I hope, yeah. I don't, hope it wasn't drugs, but I know he was still struggling with that. So I called him. Oh, I had her at that point. So when he called her, I know he was on drugs. I don't know what it was. But later on, this man was now doing was now doing meth. So, which, and they're all bad drugs. They all deteriorate your mind and everything. And so I called him and I said, hey, what are you doing? And he told me. And then I just said, hey, this, and he didn't know who it was. And he was also shocked that I called him. And I just said, hey, man, I just wanted to say sorry. <laughs> I had to call and apologize. This was so humbling. But I said, I said, hey, man, uh, and he wasn't Christian either. But I was like, hey, man, uh, I had to call and apologize to you because uh, that day that you called uh, the girl I was dating at the time, I said, the day that you called her baby, I got super mad at you and said a lot of, you know, dark. I didn't say dark, but I said I spoke a lot of ill things about you and was praying that you would just, you know, die and not exist and all this stuff. And to hear that this man was dealing with meth, I felt very sad and grieved. So the Lord had me apologize to that man. Not that I said any of this to his face, but our words have power. If you're not Christian, that might sound a little weird, but our words have power. You, if you speak, no, they do exactly. Strong, you're going to be strong. If you speak, you're weak. You're going to find yourself looking around like, dang, why do I feel fear all the time? Why do I feel weak? And so, in that moment, God used me, and I apologize to that man. I never once told him to his face what I prayed or what I said to God. But man, I was so mad. I spoke all those words over him. And at that moment, God released me at that moment, and I had a covering that was over me. Grace abounds as grace abounds. So there was some grace over me. But I told him that, and he didn't know I said any of that stuff. He was like, oh, okay. He didn't say thank you or anything. He just said, okay. And I said, well, uh, man, I apologize again. Uh, I hope you're doing well. And then um, I got off the phone. Um, the way I'm talking now, though, my voice was more quiet because i'm in an airport but it was also more like lowly when i was going through that season i wasn't speaking as bold and boisterous i was like very i felt like i was about to die so the way i'm speaking now is very like just telling the story but when i was going through it i was like speaking very slow and i apologized did the deed got off the phone and that thought never came back up and so the lord the lord covered what was once you know something that i opened and so mm. i'm glad that the lord used me but yeah words of power yeah amen yeah, and so that 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 I don't know that was that so I had to apologize to somebody that I don't like. And I mean, there's people in that situation every day. Man, that dude looked at my girlfriend wrong. I don't like that dude. And then they you know cuss him out, say 
different words about the person, whatever. But in that moment, the Lord was like, I won't get away with it. You know, other we're Christian. At the end of the day, I'm accountable to God. I, this self-love thing at the end of the day, it's a mirror. If I look back at Jesus, he wasn't speaking that over somebody. So, so, so with that being said, what did that show you about forgiveness? Man, that's, um, if I sound like I'm rattling, it's because my dang body is shivering over here in this cold room. Um, what does that show me about? your sacrifice. Hey, uh, you know, some of the some of the coolest testimonies I've heard have to do with people going into wild lives and, and like a wild life of whatever. And I'm not going to say certain things, but just they're walking very far from God. There's people that are just living, but then there's people that are doing other things that is very far from God. They've been serving probably Satan. And they come back and they realize God is chasing after you the entire time you're doing all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So that show, what that showed mm-hmm. me is matter how much i try to look at another person man it says you know guard your heart because it it uh guard it uh what is it out of it flows those springs of life and so what forgiveness what i've had to learn through that is like god forgives us and like like that's actually a great question how you ask that because it does say if you don't forgive your brother god will not he god won't forgive you he can't forgive you so that's why I said, you ever heard about that whole healing thing? If there's a block right there, how are you going to get healed if you can't forgive somebody that wronged you? And so at that moment, it was like, that's something I had to go through. I didn't think of that dude on my own. I was sitting at an airport trying to get back to school. Right. And the Lord brings him up the entire time. And I got 30 minutes to board. The Lord would not stop bringing him up. And so I knew it is from God. I'm not bringing him up. Why do I want to? Who in their right mind thinks about calling somebody that disrespected them in their relationship? Like, no, that was only from God. So I called this dude and made it right. And me and him are not friends. I've never talked to him since. I hope he's alive. I hope uh, I pray that he's free from all that stuff in Jesus' name. But it showed me forgiveness. Just showed me that back to the impulse thing, man. It's not about you. You know, we need to regard others as more important than ourselves. And in that moment, God was like, "You and him are the same," because I was struggling with pornography in that relationship and in that at that time. He was struggling with drugs. He he wasn't a Christian, and I was a Christian. Doesn't matter. So. Dang, I I appreciate that. I mean, that was <laughs> everything and more as far as what I could have expected from a uh, from a testimony standpoint. And man, if that doesn't not necessarily resonate, but if that doesn't bless everybody, what that, what's up? I, did it just cut out? Because it cut out for me. The whole oh. program shut down. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, were you speaking? No, go ahead. I was just saying how powerful that testimony was. Um, and I was just saying, like, if that doesn't resonate or, or bless or speak to everybody in some in some way, you know, I, maybe they didn't hear that because that just shows how good our our, our God is. Yeah, and I can definitely agree and um and and resonate with the fact that forgiveness whether it's it's face to face or a phone call but just saying hey i i forgive you or saying i'm sorry for something that you realize over time hey like that was a that was a mistake like i can think of two people right now that it was an awkward conversation but it was definitely the most freeing thing and not even just about it being about me but mm-hmm. i'm sure for those people maybe to some extent but even just I guess in, in, if you want to say it's about me, that it had it had everything to do with me being able to 
go deeper with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was something true. that needed to happen. It was a lesson that needed to be learned. It, it was it was growing up and yeah. saying, you know what? Hey, like, I'm sorry. Asking for forgiveness or forgiving somebody for something that they did to you. Because like you said, you have no idea what those people might be going through. We just don't yeah. know. And mm-hmm. yes, I understand that people do and I'm, I'm i'm walking i'm walking through this right now you know it, it seems like there's always somebody you know that that i have to forgive almost or because anybody can hurt you right mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they're a believer or a non-believer they can hurt you it could be someone in the church it could be outside of the church it doesn't matter um yeah. and you have to really walk in discernment in that and say a lot of times i do ask hey god did I, did i do something you know like it's not a, it's not playing the it's not about whether or not you're a victim or you're always the person who's hurting people that that's not mm-hmm. what it is because there are some people out there who are just man i hurt everybody that i meet and it's always my fault and blah blah, blah. like no no that's not god like that that is not god it's not oh it's not always hey you did something wrong every mm-hmm. single time and that's why it <laughs> we're all we're all broken we're all broken people that need a savior, right? Mm-hmm. So I just appreciate you for voicing that and, and for putting that out there because I know that me right now in this place, I needed that. And there's a road of forgiveness that I do need to walk through um, with, with with somebody, you know, and I don't know if that was for anybody else, but I know at least like that was for me too. Like there's there's a path to forgiveness that I do need to walk through and I need to let the Lord in on a pro that process there, because it is when we will never, we'll never discount on this podcast that, that it's difficult. It is a hundred percent difficult to walk in forgiveness. It's not easy. The human body isn't built to just let things like that just go. We can't do it on our own strength because it's, it hits so deep. Mm-hmm. Yep. you can feel you know you feel it in your spirit you know like you feel low mm-hmm. almost you know it, it's bigger than just an emotional thing it's it's spiritual um yeah. and so you gotta let the lord in on that amen yeah you gotta give it to him right so yeah. thank you thank you for sharing that bro sorry we- oh well thank you guys yeah no appreciate you because uh even with what you said miguel um like the the human body is not made for that like i i mean i i agree because even like what when traumatic things happen when you're young you know what i'm saying like your your body your mind it suppresses that mm-hmm. so that way you don't have to deal with you know those things yeah. as you develop and as you grow right um yeah. and you know the lord brings those some, sometimes will bring those things back to memory so that way you can truly conquer it and overcome it because he says that we're overcomers you know what i mean yeah. um but so what you also um what you were talking about carl um mm-hmm. with uh you were saying the thoughts and everything that you were going through up until that moment that you you went to him and you apologized and everything of that nature it just brought up a script uh scripture in um first corinthians uh 10 chapter 10 verse 13 where it says no temptation has over overtaking you except uh what is common to mankind and god is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it 
So, I mean, obviously that was the Lord's way of giving you a way up. And, mm-hmm. you know, you responded, you responded to it because you were sensitive enough and you were willing to listen to what the Lord was telling you. Like, Hey, no, you, you know, yes. you need to forgive this person. Even in yep. your depression, even, yeah, yeah, even in your depression, which, which speaks to, you know, volumes about, I mean, even what we, I think what we had said maybe a couple podcasts ago about, um, you know, being able to hear the, the voice of the Lord, you know, to be able to, to hear God, you know, it doesn't always come in a audible voice, but, you know, feeling that tug from the Holy Spirit or just feeling and sensing like, ah, you, okay, like this is probably something that I need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and forgiving people, you know what I'm saying? It all ties back to God's, God's grace, his love. That's, you know, so, Amen. so outstanding and so beyond like anything that we could ever comprehend. So. Yes, sir. That's powerful. I appreciate uh, appreciate both of y'all testimonies. Um, you know, back to the even what Miguel's gone through, in a sense of him he needing to forgive. Oh yeah, it's a real thing. It is. It is. Man. It's something that we can all be better about because I know even for myself, like in every situation, like I'm the same way as Miguel. Like I don't know how many times we, me and Miguel, have like yeah. had our. Moments like not not where we like fist, about to fist fight or nothing like that, but yeah. like where we've had our times where we've just had uh, misunderstandings, and yeah. you know he was upset with me, or I might have been upset with him, and then we had to hash it out or be like, hey man, you know, forgive me because I you know I didn't I didn't know yeah. you better, or it was my yeah. fault. Even with you you and me, Carl, like back in the day, oh, back in the dorms and stuff like that, like me and you would always go at it. We had arguments literally that over so like all types of things, sports. Like random, yeah. random things when it came to food, like different. Um, I remember the saga arguments. Oh my gosh, right, bro! Like dri- just driving on the street, like oh, yeah, like blah blah blah. So, and, and just it just ran the most random arguments, and you know, we still had to eventually come together and be like, hey, you know, that's my fault. Yeah. That's you know, my bad. This dude was never you. in the wrong. This guy was patient. I tell him about that all the time. This dude literally <laughs> did not do anything back, which is good. That shows the God in it because yes. he, he didn't struggle with arguing. So he was just good at yeah. not saying. Well, he would say stuff back, but it was me that started it. And then he would. I thought I would always come back to him later on and apologize. And then eventually the Lord would keep, you know, takes us from glory to glory. So I got better and better at that. But, yeah, it's, it was rough. But it was the dumbest arguments about saga and. Tell tell the people what Saga is, but the the non-ORU people. Uh, (laughs) What is Saga? uh, To me, it's food at uh, it was food at uh, Oral Roberts University, the cafeteria. I liked it. I liked the food. The day I got on Sheen, he was eating a pasta and tearing it up, and I was like, telling him he was tearing it up, and I was like. (laughs) <laughs> but I was mad, not at him. I was mad at something else, and I was taking it out on him because I remember exactly. Oh yeah, facts. I remember that I day. On, that's the one I was talking about. That's what I'm like. This dude was he was eating it, and I was eating too. And I was like, and I'm eating something different. Mm. I think I was eating like a sandwich because you could get toasted sandwiches there or something. And I started oh, yeah. eating. Them. And I was like, Shannon Chuck is nasty. I just started arguing with him for no reason at all. This is when mm. you deal with that spirit. It just it starts problems, and you got to get healed of it. And Sheen was like. What are you talking about? It tastes fine. And I'm like, and I started being like, you're the only one saying that. That jug is nasty. And I say he's literally the only one on campus saying that. 
That just showed you how bad and conniving I was. But you know, again, right. we we argued. He didn't be mad at me. like he was. He was never actually mad at me later on, which was good. Cause me, I'm different. If I argue with you, it's gonna take me probably a day. But me and his friendship kind of grew to where like it would just get hashed out in that moment. Yeah. But it was just fun. It was petty how. Anyway, yeah, it's a cafeteria at the school, and they serve <laughs> pizza every day and things, and they got some weak foods. By week, I mean bad, and right. by week, I mean Tuesday. Right, good people, but, a lot of good people that work there. <laughs> oh, true. great people, there are a lot of great people, and I, I, like I said, I loved the food, but there was a lot of people that complained about it because it's a college campus, and so people want to eat lobster, I guess, every night. It's true, and just so y'all know, that day was a special day because every other day, Carl was not complaining about the food. He was not complaining about anything that was going on in Saga. But that day, I don't know what it was. It just came over, yeah. and he had to come for me. And not to mention, like the videos that that he has on his phone. I wish I would have recorded it, but like the videos that he has of shoving ice cream all over his face. Oh, and, like yeah. shoving all types of food all over his face. You can't tell, like. <laughs> arguments over the the most stupid things but this man was like grubbing for real for real oh sorry that was <laughs> this is good food people complain about everything bro food, the food forgot in there that good. part of the story huh yeah people used to love those videos though <laughs> facts facts i remember the time where i i broke my uh my hand he was calling me uh uh teenage oh, mutant ninja turtles yeah because literally the cast, the way he had it, he had like yeah, three. It, it, it looked like this. Yeah. Oh I, I got a picture on Snapchat. <laughs> I got a picture on Snapchat. That joke was funny, bro. Oh, my gosh. Well, we, we don't believe in Snapchat at higher standard. <laughs> I don't use it. Oh, I don't use it. I don't use it. I don't use it. That thing like way, too, way too pornographic and way too demonic for me. But, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that for everybody. I said for me. I just said for me. That app got a little too got a little too adult friendly. No, that I mean that's real. I that's mean that was the original purpose of it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Carl, Mr. KV, Mr. Valcourt, um, if anyone wants to keep up with you, uh, social media. I mean, I, I assume you don't want people to have your personal number. But uh, what are some ways <laughs> that people can keep up keep up with you? Uh, maybe reach out if if they have. I don't know, a, a question or just want to let you know uh, how much your testimony blessed them or anything like that. What are some appropriate ways that they can get in contact with you? I am done. <laughs> you said appropriate. That was funny. <laughs> Which, very, very respectful and very, uh, very yeah, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, I just, I don't want people blowing up your phone or anything like I'm that. Done. Um, right. You just, uh, I would say social media, but right now I'm on social media, so you won't find me. Which I don't know how y'all put this on social media, but I know y'all do your thing, you, you market it and do your advertising. But um, though you can get my email, my okay. email is Carl Carl twenty eight one nine nine five at gmail dot com. Okay, Perfect. say that one more time. Carl Carl twenty eight nineteen ninety five at gmail dot com. By it's all numbers, so K A R L. That's how you spell a brother's name. Don't worry, people can rewind this if they really want to get that information. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and then right. 281995. So it's my first name twice. And yeah. earlier you said that you do graphic design, correct? Yes. So yes. um yes. just just for clarity, you're still you're still doing that, right? Yes. Okay. Um yep. 
So I am. I just didn't get my handle just because you know I should get my handle. I think it's Saint Toussaint. Is that all it is? Well, I mean, since you have it um, temporarily, was it disabled? Disabled or whatever? I don't think that I can't even see you, and we're friends yeah. on there. So yeah, you won't. Yeah, no one will find me. But when I come back, I mean, back. It's Saint Toussaint. S T T O U S S A I N T. Say it one more time. S T T O U S S A I N T. Perfect. And I'll also uh in on our social media at uh HS underscore speaks. I'll also put some of your uh designs um and things of that nature on there. So if anybody wants to uh email you about any graphic designs, they got it there. Oh yeah, yeah. You can put my email on it. Appreciate you, dude. Perfect. Of course, of course. Y'all got something? Something else? We were just talking about how we're matching. We both have green sweatshirts on. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm wearing, I have a green jacket that I need to be wearing, and it's in the car, and I'm freezing in a building right now. I'm done. Yeah. Y'all, y'all came out here look like the Temptations, huh? Just all no, green. No. We ain't tempting nobody. <laughs> Jesus. Nah, the group, the group. Nope. I can't with this guy. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm boy. Yeah, it wasn't um, a, uh, Mike, Michael Jackson was in the temptation, so was Michael Jordan and um Clyde Drexler, right? They were all oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Prince and first, yeah, it was n- no, 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 it was just a trio. Okay, so with that being said, guys, is there anything else that we're doing uh with higher standard? Well, Sheen, I'm gonna have Jordan tell us what we're doing this week, yes, so. Of course, we are still doing our outreach. So that is something that is what we represent, especially not just locally, but around the Tulsa. And I won't even say statewide. I believe God that will there be doors open for that. But um, yes, we do. We are officially a nonprofit for those who are new to the podcast. And I think that's incredible. And what we're doing is actually accepting donations for not only just missions, but also we're accepting donate. What are you doing? <laughs> Sign like I'm signing. I'm signing. Oh, <laughs> done. Jordan thought you were throwing up gang signs. Yeah, I, he like, got scared. I think he's trying to tell me something. But no, I no, 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 no. You're good. Nah. I'm just signing for uh, people who might not be able to hear you. Wait, do you actually know sign language? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so we're accepting donations <laughs> for um, outreach that we will be doing. Starting this coming uh, May, and we'll have a consistent schedule, really, for you guys to know where those um, where those funds going, and not just funds, but also if you want to donate um, items such as clothing. Yes, uh, clothing's really great. Um, even essentials such as toothbrushes, um, toothpaste, etc. We'll be doing that, and then another opportunity that Higher Standard has is representing a missions team at Oral Roberts University, which is incredible. It's very honoring. It's very humbling to be able to do that for uh, team members who are going to be in Osgood, Indiana. I can't say exactly what they're doing for uh, safety reasons and, and precautions, but I am allowed to say where it is. So just know that what they're doing is incredible. I'm hoping to be able to talk about it after um, if they allow me to, but most likely will not. It's out of safety for um, yeah. the participants as well as the people over there. 
but I'm just, just let it be known that it is for a great cause. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And so, yeah, Osgood, Indiana, you guys, if you'd like to support them, you can go to our website and see how to donate. Yes. Uh, so as far as that, that link goes, um, a link for, for anybody that follows us on Spotify, we have a link on uh, in the description. And uh, so you could go there, you could support, you could support with 99 cents all the way up to uh, $9.99. It's up to you. But uh, that will go straight towards uh, any missions, missions work with Osgood, Indiana, that would go towards their, their um, fundraising. And so that they, as a team, that they would be able to get to 100% so they can actually go out and do the amazing works um, in Osgood, Indiana um, for God. Hi, Gary, so, Indiana. Osgood, Indiana, right? Osgood. No Gary, Indiana. I know Carl knows Gary, Indiana. I don't. <laughs> no, nah, the, way, the way his hair looking right now, you don't look like it. Yeah. You never been to Gary, bro. Whoa. Boy over here looking like mystical. I'm done. <laughs> I took it out the uh I took it out the uh the ponytail. So uh, got you. Thank well, you. All right. Well, we appreciate you, uh, bro, for coming yeah. on to the podcast, man. Honestly, I can't thank you enough uh just for taking time out your day, uh sitting in a cold, chilly room just to talk about this amazing topic um on love, God's yeah. love and how we're supposed to be able to love others. So I appreciate you. I honor you, brother. Um, I love you, man. Um, love you. And so, yeah, this is the episode. So we appreciate everybody who listened, um, everybody who tuned in, who Apple, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you listen from, we appreciate y'all. If y'all really want to support us, you guys know where to do it um, on that link or uh, just hit up our website or even DM, DM us on Instagram at HS underscore speaks. So um, follow us on there as well, um, because we'll be giving you guys updates on everything that we're doing. And uh, again, we love you. Appreciate y'all. And uh, help us by sharing this podcast with somebody that might have need, yeah. needed to hear it. Um, yes. And have these same conversations in your own household, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes further than this. You don't just have to listen to the podcast. Take it further. Amen. All right. Yep. Well, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Love, lots of love. Deuces, thank you guys. Love you guys. Nice. The site looks beautiful. I just looked at it. That's <laughs> nice. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. Go be great. Higher standard. Go be great. <laughs>